Oh man, how many of that's your cry every day? How many of you that's that cry every day? That's your passion and that's your desire. Um, in actuality, when Christ returns and everything is subjected under his feet uh, after he has made all of his enemies a footstool, he will hand the kingdom back over to God the Father and crown Yahweh king of the universe. And so until then, we subject the things in our life that seek to rule us and rule everything around us. We seek to be the precursor to applying that in every single area of our life as we walk as believers and live as believers. That doesn't mean we don't have accomplishments. Um, I believe that we should maximize everything that God has given us in our sphere. How many of you believe that? Or oh, y'all can do better than that. Whatever God has called you to do, whatever God has put within your hands to do, you maximize it. Um, to act like it doesn't exist is to deny God's blessing on your life and even to deny God. The issue, though, is, is when God blesses it, when accolades come, don't ever forget ultimately where all of that came from. Somebody should have shouted amen right there. So, so, so that means... That means Run hard, <laughs> run hard in this world and get educated, um, start businesses, create jobs, um, do art, do, push hard into it. But as the, as the money comes and as the resources come and the opportunities come and all of that come, never forget that it was God. Don't you think for one minute that you put, don't, I don't, don't you ever think for one minute, because it's a lot of people working hard. It's a lot. You, you can work hard and God blow on nothing. <laughs> Some of y'all already know that. That's why you're laughing. You can work hard and God not blow on, but for, to work hard and the God to decide he's just going to write on your life and open up doors and break barriers and break chains and bring all types of things. You should be excited and thankful to the living God that he got you where you are. I don't know about you, but I'm excited today that God has done so much in our lives as a church and I'm so um, excited about that. Uh, happy MLK Day. We celebrate. Amen. You can clap your hands. You clap your hands. Celebrate that. Celebrate that. It, I, I count it a privilege that a, a regenerated believer in Christ was used to change the trajectory of our nation. Um, and that it was, although it was not a Christian movement, it was a movement led by Christians. And, and it's powerful to see that no matter, I mean, we got a lot of issues now. So we ain't acting like, you know, the, the glorification state has come. You know, the new heavens and the new earth didn't come through the civil rights movement. But there has been a lot that is done through the civil rights movement. And we celebrate those of whom uh, uh, men and women, both white and black, who work through that movement, help push through that movement, and help us through that movement so that we can be, we may not even be sitting here today if it wasn't for the sacrifices of those uh, uh, African Americans who uh, gave their lives and those whites who allowed themselves to be ostracized by uh, the majority culture that they come from. We thank the living God for all of those sacrifices. You give God another praise for that. Yeah, yeah, you give him another praise for that. Amen, amen, amen. I know you guys are sort of right now a media thing. We just uh, videoed a deal for Jonah, um, and it's coming out soon, and so I'm really excited about it. Um, I got to go some places in Philly I've never really been. 
I was on, I videoed at the bottom of a ship uh, downtown. I thought we was gonna get on that uh, that spooky ship, the big one with the t red tops on it and the black bottom. I said I ain't going on that rusty thing, right? Um, I said I don't care what y'all want to shoot, you know. Um, but we ended up going to another older decommissioned Navy vessel, old 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 Navy vessel. Um, that's, that's beautiful now. So we were on that. Then we were on top of this one ship. It started raining. So it got the Jonah effect on it, you know, because we did the part. We got thrown off the ship and God just sovereignly let it rain all on me in the Bible while I was out there. And so it's a lot of great footage and great opportunities. And it'd be great if you're trying to disciple someone. I want to encourage you that it's ways to disciple people without being a scholar. Somebody should say amen. amen. That's a tool, not just me, it's so many people in that resource. And that's why our church um, through your giving, we pay for um, utilizing that and opening it up for the church. If you're discipling someone, you can sit down, you can turn that on and create a discussion environment where you pour out of the wealth of the word that's in you, um, but you don't have to organize the entirety of the process, but you can walk them through it. And so it's, it's a great opportunity. You're already paying for it, so you're not paying anything extra. All you got to do is have the app and just use it. Amen? Amen. Let's stand before the God of heaven and let's get into the word of God. We're in... Uh, just the last few chapters of um, 2 Corinthians. Uh, 2 Corinthians, we're in the last few chapters, and uh, after today, we'll only have two more chapters left in this book. Um, someone was teasing us because we've been in this book for a year and a half times three. Now we've been in it for a while, and um, I, I think the Lord has met us in different ways and even sovereignly brought up stuff that um, he can orchestrate. So I'm excited about that reality. Be praying for me as I'll um, take some time in redeveloping the 24-month preaching calendar as we do for two years. And I'll be going away for a few days and just getting with God and, and, and kind of nurturing what, what we need to work on for the next, uh, next few seasons of ministry, uh, although we know the Holy Ghost can call audibles. But keep us lifted through that. Let's, let's go through. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 16 through 33. Uh, start reading on three. One, two, three, go. I repeat, let no one think me foolish, believe in me Mm-hmm. 
Amen. Our title of our message today is simply how to break the illusion of self-strength. How to break the illusion of self-strength. Oh, y'all not feeling it yet. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't care what you think. You ain't as strong as you think you are. Oh, look at, look at somebody else next to you. They're they, they not feeling you on the other side. Look at the person on the other side. Say, neighbor, I don't know who in the world you think you are, but you ain't strong. You ain't strong as you think you are. Amen, amen, amen. Let's, let's go before the God of heaven. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your mercy and for your kindness that knows when. <clears throat> and I thank you for being the, the God of all strength. Uh, we need to hear that today. We need to hear it over and over and over. Oh, matter of fact, this is a daily cry, God. We throw ourselves on the mercy of you. And God, we, we throw ourselves on our need of you and our hopefully even want of you. And so God, meet us today in this a bombastic text where we're going to see so many things about what we can learn to have our hearts transformed to see where real strength comes from. Let the words of my mouth and let the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength, our redeemer, in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen, 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 amen. amen. One of my favorite uh, TV shows of all time is Good Times. Um, they called it good times, but they had a lot of bad times. Um, a lot of bad times, a lot of bad times. Amen. Um, and as I watched the show, you know, and I, I'll never forget when James Evans Sr. died. I, 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 don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. I, don't, I heard somebody yell it out. Remember, we at church. Amen. 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 Somebody done already went there. Some of my brothers and sisters from different ethnic persuasion don't know what we're talking about right now. Uh, YouTube it. YouTube it. Um, <laughs> y'all are a crazy church. You hear me? <laughs> and so, and so um, Florida, they, they came from the repast. Everybody left the house. And, 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 and all the children, J.J., Michael, and Thelma, were bewildered by the fact that Florida Evans didn't seem to be grieving. And, and, and you could tell, I mean, she's just a great actress, but uh, Esserol was, was pushing off uh, the reality that her husband had died. And so what had happened was is she was trying to be strong for everyone else. But her children were concerned because they were like, mom needs to deal with this and needs to grieve this, and she needs to work through this. We're working through it, and she needs to work through it. And then all of a sudden, everybody was in the other room, and you know the scene. A, a bowl was thrown on the ground, and she uttered those three four-letter words, which will ever be a, a hashtag, whether there's internet or not. And, and, and she yelled it three times, and they gathered around her, and in the good times way, it went off with no music. That's how you know it was a serious episode, when it went off and there was no music, <laughs> when they just didn't, didn't play the music. <laughs> um, and, and, and I say all of that to say <clears throat> is that we, we learned a beautiful lesson in the natural that's so true in the spiritual. It's but so long you can go trying to be strong in yourself. Uh, 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 listen, listen, let me explain something to you. Human strength is limited. I, 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 I'm going to say that again because I don't think y'all got that. Human strength is limited. 
And because human strength is limited uh, and life is so hectic, it's, it's almost like even through the fall, God has created this thing for us to be able to be committed to running to him over and over and over and over again. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you was trying to be strong, but when you got home, you were crumbling. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you put on your game face, I mean, your, your A game, your poker face, you understand? And everybody think everything good with you. And you got in the shower and you didn't know the difference between the water coming out of the shower and the water coming out of your eyes. Uh, uh, it, 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 because, because listen, human, listen, Human strength is a joke. <laughs> Wish I had somebody to help me preach today. Human strength is a joke, but I, I know a God who's mighty in power, who's mighty in strength, whose strength is from the utmost to the utmost. And no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, God has strength not to match, but to overtake the pain that you're dealing with. Oh, help me today, God. And so... As I look in the beauty of, this, this, this is a beautiful chapter, even though it's a gully chapter. This is a gully, painful chapter um, that Paul is working through. And as Paul is working through this chapter, he's working through something interesting. He, he's working with the Corinthians because the Corinthians haven't become theologically Christian. Uh, let me see if I can break that down. In other words, they become Christian by regeneration, but not by growing up in what it means to have a biblical worldview. <clears throat> and so what happens is, is they like it when people assert themselves. They like it when people are pushy and, and, and demand attention. In other words, they, they love the individualistic disposition of a plurological culture that causes you to look at me and me alone. <clears throat> And that actually rubbed bad up against their spiritual lives because when you have a focus and a disposition where you believe you are the center of the universe and that all strength comes from you, there has to become a breaking point. But Paul, I, I like it when Paul and the, and, and the leaders in the Bible try to save you a trial. <laughs> the, trials shouldn't be created by you. Trials should just be stuff because you're walking with Jesus. <laughs> but he's trying to see, see, sometimes... See, see that, that's how you are when you're a parent, you're raising your children. And you're trying to say, I'm trying to save you from something now. I'm trying to save you from beatdowns on steroids. You know what I'm saying, what I'm saying? So, so you know, and, and they just keep on going. Just keep on, I'm like, okay, okay. I'll meet you on the other side when your big head cracks open. You understand what I'm saying? And that's what Paul's trying to save, save God's people from some stupidity. And so some people have come in and some leaders have come in uh, who are trying to create and recreate Corinthi Corinth, the, Corinth, the church at Corinth, into an unhealthy church by making it focused on those who are leading the church versus focused on the Christ of the church. And whenever you have a church that finds, listen, oh, let me, oh, help me today. If you have a church that says everything comes through leadership to me in order for my life to be a blessing, and I have to do to them in order that I may be blessed, you have actually created another mediator. Oh, help me today. Help me today. In, in, in other words, if it's leadership-centered, if I want to be blessed, I give to the leader because all of my blessings from God come through leadership, not God's lordship. You're in trouble in that church. Wish I had some help right there. And so, and so, and so interestingly enough, interestingly enough, we come to this passage, and Paul is jamming the Corinthians up about this, about 
what's the difference? Like, like what is really strong and strength in God's eyes? Which brings me to my one and only point. If you are going to know how <coughs> to break the illusion of self-strength, we must boast in our weaknesses, not our strengths. We must boast. Somebody say boast. Boast in our weaknesses, not our strengths. Paul goes on and says, he said, I repeat, let no one think me foolish. <laughs> and in other words, Paul, Paul, Paul's going to play on words so beautifully here. It's, it's, like, good, it's like good 90s hip-hop wordplay. Like, I, I know hip-hop, hip-hoppers of the day don't know what wordplay is because how the music sometimes is. But wordplay is interesting in this text. Because he says, I repeat, let no one think me foolish. So he says, don't think me foolish. But then he says, but even if you do, accept me as a fool. Mm. Paul, hold on. You said don't make me foolish, make you think you're foolish, but accept you as a, as a, as a, as a fool. And, and he says, so that, I, so that I too may boast a little. I, it's, I, I love this text because it's, it's um, humble swag. It's humble swag. What makes it humble swag is the way he's going to turn it. Because in their day, the way a speaker would come in was to, nobody would read your resume. You'd come up and give your resume while you're communicating, which would be just crazy. You know, imagine a preacher coming to the church. Hello, everybody. How you doing? I have three doctorates from, you like, <laughs> I have a master's degree from. I preach across the world. I, you'd be like, wow. You just, be, I mean, I think most of y'all would probably walk out at that point, right? <laughs> I mean, but that, in their day, that's how like, boy, so Paul's like bewildered because they don't understand how the kingdom works. <laughs> and so Paul says, <laughs> the idea here is they don't recognize the nature of what is impacting what makes a godly leader and what makes an ungodly leader. And so Paul begins to talk about this reality. And he says, he says, what I am saying with this boastful confidence, I say not as the Lord would, but as a fool. So he's playing on words here and saying, listen, y'all, like God doesn't like usually want people to operate on this. But he's giving me, he's going to give me some freedom because I, I, this is not the norm, but I'm under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So he's going to give me some freedom to flip what boasting really looks like when it comes from heaven versus when it comes from earth. When boasting comes from earth, it exalts the person talking. When boasting comes from heaven, it exalts the one who's being talked about. Okay, so, 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 so Paul is, is, is trying to get them to get their mind uh, uh, around this reality of letting them know that this isn't normal, that this is not normal modus operandi or operation, but I'm, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to play with you because of the way in which this culture and your culture works and what you appreciate, he's saying. He says, since many boast according to the flesh, I too will boast. So he said, all right, I'm going to boast. Now, the way he's going to boast is he's not going to boast according to the flesh, because that's what he's saying, um, that they are boasting like. He says he's going to boast, but notice he didn't say, I'm going to boast in the flesh as well. In other words, he hides what he's going to boast about so that they, he can see whether or not they recognize this as a fleshly boast or a spiritual boast. This, this is just, this is beautiful right here, the way he's helping us. He said, for you gladly uh, bear with fools. In other words, you put up with stupidity a whole lot. Yeah, I, can I park there for like five minutes? 
Let me, let me just, let me just, let me just, uh, you know, you know, my, my mother, you know, when I was, when I was little, you know, and I'd be outside at, uh, uh, 17th and Ingraham, right off Georgia Avenue, Washington, D.C., hanging out, you know, on the porch. And back then, we ain't had no, no strong A.C., so my, my dad, you know, them old windows with the paint, the lead paint just chipping off. See, y'all don't know nothing about that, some of y'all. And we raised the window, and then the screen, dirty screen, would be right there. And so my dad would want the breeze to come in and, you know, he watching TV on one of the TVs that sit on the ground. We didn't even know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? But one of them tables, they got a, a, a turntable up in it that you open up like that. Y'all don't even know nothing about that. And then they got the eight track player right beside it. You understand what I'm saying? And some Al Green or something playing. So y'all don't know what I'm talking about. And so, and so, or some Commodores. Y'all don't even know who that is. And so, <laughs> and so, and so, and so, and so I'm outside and I'm, I'm, I'm with some folk in, and, 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 and they, we, in D.C. we call it Jonah right? When kids talking about you real bad. So kids is out there dogging me, just dogging me. And my, 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 my dad comes up, he says, hey boy, come here. So I come in the house and he, he said, he, he just, he sits me down. He says, son, never want to be somebody's friend so bad that you put up with their foolishness. Now go back outside. Now what was interesting to me is my dad was trying to shepherd me in what foolishness is so that I could recognize it and not put up with it. That's what Paul is doing here. Paul says, listen, y'all put, don't put up with foolishness. Listen, church, don't put up with foolishness. Don't put visitors, don't put up with foolishness. Local assembly, don't put, look what he said. He says, be wise yourselves. <coughs> then he goes down and he says, for you bear it, uh, he, he said, for you bear it if someone makes you, sla- makes slaves of you or devours you, or takes advantage of you, or puts on airs, or strikes you in the face. It's crazy. They were like hazing in the church. I mean, I'm just confused, right? So I mean, okay, my bad. Um, examples of being enslaved, I got a few. Lacking the real sense and understanding of the gospel, legalism, easy believism. There's so many things that can be put in a situation uh, to enslave people, letting people know if you don't give, you'll be cursed with a curse, even though Christ paid and became a curse uh, so that he can be the cure. And I, I, mean, I mean, just controlling tactics. In other words, controlling tactics to cause you to be a believer based on controlling your life for outcomes that only God can bring. That's this idea of enslavement in the passage. He's trying to get them into walking in what it means to be free in Christ. Let me give this for free. Freedom in Christ doesn't mean irresponsibility. Don't don't think that that, that freedom in Christ is irresponsible. What he's saying is, 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 is they're enslaving you to their philosophy versus chaining you to the Lord. If you're chained to the Lord, that obligation flows out of the gospel. Meaning, meaning, meaning it's motivated by what Christ has done for you. See, enslavement, enslavement is motivated by what you do for Christ that you think makes you righteous. But, 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 but the reverse is true. When you're truly enslaved to the Lord, you'll do stuff. When you look, every time you look at him at the cross, you'll be like, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. You know what I'm saying? Every time you look at his pierced side, you say, I'm, I'm just, I'm just go ahead and do it. When you look at the, 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 the holes in his feet, you know, you're like, Man, he did all that, man. I might as well go ahead and do it. When you look at the, the, the pierceness in his wrist, you say, I'm just going to, because you're motivated by what Christ has done for you, knowing that what you do for him doesn't mean anything if it's not flowing from him. Oh, my goodness. Because let me tell you this. Enslavement by man is to be in true bondage. 
Enslavement to Christ is to be free. It's to be free. It's to be free. And so Paul is trying to get them to understand what freedom looks like. Now, he's going he to get some examples in a minute, family, that Christians ain't going to really like. Because we don't like these kind of passages. We like the passages, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, you the head and not the tail. I'm going to bless your going out and your coming in. See, we like them passages, right? We don't like the passages, help me today, God, that lay out what biblical Christianity is because biblical Christianity is at its best when things aren't going right. Help me today. I don't want to get ahead of myself. He says, <coughs> Paul, Paul, Paul makes, makes fun of them in a facetious way. <coughs> he says, to my shame, I must say we were too weak for that. <laughs> in other words, he says, if you find strength in enslavement, we're too weak to enslave you. You get to play on words here. He said, I'm too weak for that. He said, if you, if you value people putting you in bondage, that, that, that I'm, weak, I'm weak in that particular area of my life. Because my goal is not to, but matter of fact, Paul's like, there's ways I could have manipulated y'all. Like I led y'all to Christ. We baptized. There's all kinds of ways I could have, you could have owed me some stuff. But I, I, matter of fact, I remember last chapter, he said, I robbed other churches. I ain't even asked for an offering. It's crazy, right? I know most of us wouldn't pass that up. Anyway, verse 21. He says, but whatever anyone else dares to boast of. And he says, now I'm about to speak like a fool. Because he even feels it as he's writing. Like he's, he's like, he's like, oh, he said, if anybody go, he said, and then some of your Bibles had that dash there. It's sort of like a parenthetical pause where he's like, do, do they really want me to go here? Like, do they really? You ever, you ever had somebody that, that, that they were coming at you? He's like, do you really want me to go there? Do you really want me? That's the spirit of the passage right now, right? He's like, you really want to holler at your boy? About, okay, all right, all right, all right. We can do that. Then he says, he says, I am speaking as a fool. He says, I also dare to boast of that. In other words, he says, in speaking like a fool, I'm playing with you right now because I'm actually speaking like a wise person, so I'm really reverse bragging and you don't even see it. Anyway, somebody get that on the way home. And so he says, in verse 22, he starts this line of bragging. And it's, it's beautiful. He says, are they Hebrews? Because he already know they are. He's like, they say they're Hebrews. He says, so am I. He says, are they Israelites? So am I. He says, are any of the offspring of Abraham? He says, so am I. He said, if, if they're basing their ability to talk to you based on them being from Jerusalem, because the background says his scholars believe that, the, that what they were doing was saying, Paul's from Damascus. He's not really, I mean, he's from Tarshish. He's really not from Jerusalem. So we're more Jews than him because we were geographically raised in Jerusalem. He was raised in Gentile territory. So he's saying, like, are they trying to pull that card out? See, they don't even understand how this works, right? And so he's, he's like, I'm going to play with you real quick. All right. Verse 20, verse 23. He says, are they servants of Christ? He said, I'm a better one. Dang. That's in the Bible. <laughs> like, that's crazy. You ever heard somebody say, uh, you can't serve the Lord like me. You can't lift them up like me. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like it's, it's almost sound crazy right now. Like, <laughs> you can't preach the gospel like me. <laughs> you can't lead people to Christ like me. It's almost like he like an MC right now, right? He says, 
He says, he says, he says like, he says like, he says like, he says, I'm a better one. Why would he say he's a better one? Because they're not at all. He wouldn't compare himself that way to say, I'm a better servant than, like, but he's saying like that. He's, he's, but he's, he's using their boasting technique as an undergirded way by the spirit to show them who they are and who they're not. <laughs> he said, I'm talking like a madman. Even Paul feels it, like as he's writing it, right? He keeps qualifying his statements. He says, I'm talking like a madman, but he's still being facetious. Are y'all checking with me with this? And then he, then, he said, then he said, all right, let's get it. He said, with far greater labors. Like Paul, like, listen, y'all, like, I know y'all don't want to do this. Like, like, like I, I don't, don't try to, like, pull out the spiritual bank account on me. Like, because I can... I got a litany of stuff in the, in the cavity of what I've done for the Lord. If we're bringing that out, like far greater labors. I've gone play. How many churches they planted? That's what he's saying, right? He says, far more imprisonments. Uh-oh. He's like, so you got to understand, they're like imprisonments. How is that like good? That's what he wants them to think. Are you getting this? I hope y'all getting this. In other words, he said far more imprisonments. They're like, that ain't like a good thing to put on your resume. That you were in prison, but he's talking about imprisonment for the Lord. He said, he said, in other words, what makes me different from them is they ain't willing to go to jail for this. He said, you ain't willing to. He said, listen, I done been to jail. He said, listen. He, and Paul's like, I know I'm sounding crazy right now. Then he said, he said, he said with countless beatings. Like who, 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 like who would admit that they got beat up a bunch of times? I mean... Usually, if you're promoting a fight, you want to only show the clips of the ones where you knock somebody out, right? But he's promoting the clips of when he, he's like, he's like, I got highlight reel footage of me getting beat up for Jesus. Like highlight reel stuff, right? And so, and so, and so in other words, can I just say one little parenthetical thing? Christianity isn't the resort brochure that some preachers present. <laughs> it's, it's not like this resort of like, you know, you know, you ever seen a brochure for something, you know, and you see it look real nice and you get, they like, dang, this ain't really what I thought. Like some people, that's the, you, some people present Christianity as this resort. And then you become a Christian like, where's the palm trees and the virgin pina coladas they was talking about? Some of y'all, I said that for y'all, but y'all know some of It's okay. It's okay. Under grace, we understand. <laughs> Some of y'all still trying to come back. <laughs> In other words, it, man, we present this Christian faith that doesn't exist. Now, I'm not trying to make the Christian faith gloomy either. But what I am trying to say is that, man, it's crazy that you can go through different things like this and still have a gracious and glorious, joyful experience in the Christian life. He, 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 said countless, he said countless beatings. He said, I can't even count how many times. I mean, he, he talks about uh, often near death. <coughs> then he goes down, and he begins to talk about, as he talked about this reality of countless beatings and often near death, he says something even crazy. He says, five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes less one. Now, five times? Now, we got to understand this. Like, they would take, like, bamboo or sticks, take your shirt off, and go crack, crack on your back. Now, you got to understand, like, that, that's what it got. Like, this is what he's utilizing as the way in which 
he is showing that he's qualified for ministry. Wow. Qualification, he's saying, for ministry is not in your resume that people like. It may be the things that people don't like. And in your life, some of you, let me tell you something. Some of you think your best Christianity is when you taught a lesson and when you said an amen at a certain point. In a certain, some of y'all think, but your best Christianity is when you are allowing God to keep you through some mess. Y'all not going to talk back to me. It's okay. So, so, so your best Christianity is in the midst of your greatest brokenness. Uh, another word, because that's when the rubber really meets the road. Like, like, like you lose a baby, you trust the Lord. You get sick, you trust the Lord. You lose your job, you trust the Lord. Everything in your life break down, you trust the Lord. You got a divorce and you're, and, you're, and, you're, and you're depressed about being divorced and wondering whether or not, and God kept you and you kept walking with him. And guess, you had a baby out of wedlock and you feel the shame of it. But you say, I'm going to keep on going. Guess what? You're at your best because you're allowing the Lord to keep you. Let me tell you something. You're not at your best when you're at your best. <laughs> you're the, I'm just telling you right now, you're not at your best when you think you're killing it. You're at your best when you're, you're barely hanging on. Oh, help me today, God. Oh, help me today, God. <laughs> then he said in verse 25, he said, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. Now, let's break this down. Let's, let's break this down. Now, first off, he was beat by two different groups of people. He's beat regularly by the Jews. Then he was beat by the Romans. So he's catching beatings by his own people. Help me today. I don't even want to go there. Mm. And then getting beat by people that's not his people. I don't want to go there. I know it's Martin Luther King, and we're going to keep moving. Then he says, to be honest, once I was stoned. Acts 14, Paul goes to preach in the city. They get mad at what he's saying. Can you imagine? Like, we ain't talking about pebbles, like skipping the water pebbles. We talking about bricks. Dude's going brick ministry. Bow! Surrounded him. And he getting hit all up to the point where it's like some, it's like some Instagram-like footage. He gets knocked clean out. And this is what's crazy about the text. See, this is what you know. The Bible says, and the disciples gathered around him. And he got up, went back in the city, and started preaching again. Now, 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 now see, see, that's the type of God we serve, is that you can get stoned, you can get jumped, you can get beat up, and even after that, when God's people get around you, they'll pick you up and help you to go back to doing exactly what you were doing. That's what it means to be a believer. That's what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. But then let's, let's dive into what he's saying in this next part. He says, he said, three times I was shipwrecked. He said, a night and day adrift at sea. Now you got to understand, there wasn't no Coast Guard back then. There were like no beacons, like let's put on the, let's put on the distress beacon. You know what I'm saying? Let's shoot a flare up in the air. It wasn't none of that. You know what I'm saying? Mayday, mayday, wasn't none of that. You know, I'm just saying, you got to understand the context he's in. 
<coughs> so when, when they get like shipwrecked, they don't know where they are. So can you imagine being shipwrecked and possibly he got shipwrecked when he was in, first off, he's on house, he's, he's being taken under custody. They get shipwrecked. Not only is he arrested, but they don't know where they are and all the food is gone. And Paul says, you know what I did during those times? I reached out to the Lord. It's like, Lord, I don't know where I am. I got shipwrecked in this place. I'm under chains. You brought me this far. I believe you could keep me. Please don't let me die like this. Help me to get to Caesar to preach the gospel. I want to get to Caesar to preach. In, 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 in other words, in other words, oh God, help me. <clears throat> you ever been in something where your life felt shipwrecked? And you had no navigational techniques of anything to rescue you from the island that you were on. All you had was a God who sits high and looks low. Oh, y'all not going to help me preach today. That, that's, that's all you got. He said, he said, he said just adrift at sea. In other words, they, only, they didn't have real strong sailboats at that point in time in history. You had to depend on the wind. And so, and so, and so, so he, they just put the sail up and try to make sure they didn't have oars under the bottom. They had to try to figure out and start to navigate stuff. And, and, and Paul is saying there were times where the sail broke. And I'm on a ship going to preach the gospel, not knowing how I'm going to get there. And we're just at the whims of the sea. But, 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 but little did they know he knew the master of the sea. You have you ever been shipwrecked? You ever, you ever been out in the middle of sea? You ever felt like your life was just drifting? Man, let me tell you something. If your life is drifting, that's what Paul is saying. See, strong Christians find them, people, uh, uh, strong Christians find themselves in weak situations that expose their neediness. Help me, help me, help me. I'll wait to the second service. Listen, when you get in a tough situation where you've done everything you could do to get spiritually from point A to point Z, and things are settled in the water, I'm just letting you know that the God of heaven, even at that point, is there and he's letting you get in a situation of weakness to expose how strong you're not. And what he wants to do in your life is so powerful. He's not, like this whole thing is a setup for you. Like when you grow in Christianity, when you grow as a believer, you begin to say, you know what, this is probably the Lord trying to. Yeah. You, you ever got, see, that's when you know you're growing, when you don't just go to, man, I'm so sick of this, man. I, uh, you know, I did all this work to get to this point. Now I get to this point. I can't even get a job. I can't even do this. Man, I don't know what, how I'm going to pay rent next month. I don't know how this, and, and, you know, have your little vent. Let's say, man, I wonder what the Lord is up to. Like, I wonder what God is trying to show me, not about my destiny. Your life is not about your destiny. Your life is about God making you look like Jesus. And if all you want to do is to get to this place where you feel like you're something, because most of us, when we think of destiny, one day I'll feel like I'm valued when I get to the place where I'm dreaming to get. That's, 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 no, 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 no. That's not how the Christian life works. Your value doesn't come off of your destination. It comes from the one who's designed you. He says, and I'm out your way. He says, on frequent journeys, in dangers from rivers. He said, I've just been through it. Dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness. He said, man, you thought the city was bad, the rural area is bad too. 
said the devil's everywhere, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, he's just going down the line, in toil and hardship, through many sleepless nights, he said, I had insomnia, I know ain't nobody in here been there, he said, hunger and thirst, he says, often without food, cold and in exposure, he said, apart from other things, there was the daily pressure on me of my anxiety of all the churches. He said, my greatest trial is wondering how the souls of the people that I'm ministering to is doing, not the stuff I'm going through. Oh, 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 man. See, that's what a parent does. A parent worries more about their children than they do themselves. When Paul says it beautifully, he says, who is weak? He said, now you want to talk about being weak? He said, who is weak? He said, and I'm not weak? He said, who is made to fall? He says, and I am, he said, I am not indignant. He said, let me just tell you, Corinthians, if I must boast, I will boast in the things that show my weaknesses. He says, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, here it is, he who is blessed forever knows that I'm not lying. At Damascus, then he goes into that talking about the governor and the believers in Acts 9. Soon as he started his ministry, he was dealing with persecution, had to be let out of a window in a basket. This is the life of a person that's called. <laughs> the life of a person that's called is this. But what's beautiful about this is Paul's ministry became very, very disappointing to the Corinthians. And know what that sounds like? It sounds like Jesus. Jesus' ministry for many was very, very, very disappointing. Very disappointing because they wanted him, heaven to open up and for God to high five him and for him to skate on the earth fully, whatever, and come and tear Rome up. That's what they wanted. They wanted him to just come through angels, legions, just stabbing Romans, cut Caesar's head off and be like, come on, Jews, let's roll. That's what, he, that's what they wanted. He, they wanted that type of ruler. It's like when the Messiah come, he going to come. Like he was probably, probably telling the Romans, man, hit me again. Wait till the Messiah come. Wait till Hamashiach come. He's going to knock all y'all out. Behead you. Behead you. Watch. Right? Then the Messiah comes born of a virgin. In like some uncharted like little Bethlehem spot. Like that's not the like, like what? he's being born. Then he grows up in a city that people say he from there. Like wow. He's a carpenter. Splendors in his hands, used to working hard, carrying stuff. God comes and becomes a blue-collar worker. That's not how you want God to come to the planet. You want him to floss his deity. Like, floss God, he says. But the Bible says, he, listen, the Bible says he considered equality with God not a thing to be grasped. In other words, in other words, he submitted himself by, by, by suspending himself from independent use of his attributes. That doesn't mean he didn't have them. He just didn't use them without permission. That's why he needed the Holy Spirit, because he wanted to show us what submission to the Spirit, absent of applying the power of it. Oh, help me today, God. That's like, like Christ. Like Christ was like, man, do you know I'm omnipotent? Like every now and then he, he give him a little peek. He said, you know what? He says, man, I, if, I, if I wanted to, I could just holler. I could go, who did who? God will send. Listen. 
Like, do you know God is sending like legions of angels down here to wreck shop? I ain't even got to do nothing. Right? He said, I can call the, he can, I can, Christ, like, I got my goons too, y'all. I got goons. You understand what I'm saying? But Christ, like, Christ is like, like, preaching, nobody believing him. God not being believed. God being questioned. Prove to us you are who you say you are. Blasphemy. He goes to a cross, showing weakness, crying, going to the cross, saying, pray for me. And his friends don't pray for him. And he gets, na- he gets flogged, body exposed, gets nailed to a cross, dies. But it's all God's paradoxical plan of weakness. Because <laughs> on the third day, he got up with all power in his hands. The weight to strength is through weakness. I pray that, that we get that. Don't be afraid to be weak because that's where God meets you. He's near to the brokenhearted and those who are crushed in spirit. So if you're going through something where you feel empty, get ready for a breakthrough. Father, we thank you. We honor you for your mercy, for your great grace. Where you show off your glory in the times and places when we are weak. Like, you love doing that. Like, you love (laughs) doing what only you can do when we have given ourselves to you. And maybe someone here today realizes that you're weak in coming to God on your own. You can't. <clears throat> you have to, and you must, be brought to God by God. And maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior. You have never placed your confidence in the fact that he died on the cross for your sins. And on the third day was raised from the grave. It's beautiful, beautiful principle. Listen, one of the ways you become weak in this is, first off, admitting you're a sinner. Admitting you and I, we're a mess, all of us. And we're in desperate need of the God who shapes and transforms and gives new identity. And that's done by putting confidence in Christ's death on the cross and him raising us up from the grave on the third day. That's, that's how it happens. It happens by faith. It doesn't happen by you doing you, you doing your thing. No, nah, it doesn't work like that. It works by God's grace. I mean, an unmerited favor. You don't work for it. He gives you what you don't deserve. That's what happens by faith. If you're here today, you want to trust in the fact that Christ died on the cross and was raised up from the grave for you to take you from spiritual death to spiritual life to give you a relationship with God. Slip your hand in the air. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to talk to you. Anyone wants to place their confidence in Jesus? Anyone, anyone today. The best decision that you can make is to decide that you're going to follow Jesus by placing your confidence in him. Anyone here today, best decision. Amen. Let our men come.